That's one of the number one challenges I hear from everyone coming into my community. It's always like, where's the time? And if they do take the time, they feel guilty too, which is a whole other issue we can talk about for sure. But I love how you said trying to make time because I hear a lot of women say, I just can't find the time. Yeah, you're not going to find the time. You're just not. You're not. You have to be intentional and make that time. Do you want to wake up feeling like you're stepping into who you're meant to be? Into the best possible version of you? What if I told you that the key to your best life, health, and happiness are all around you? You just have to find what works for you. I'm Hope Pedraza, and I believe that there isn't just one way to live a healthy and meaningful life, and that all you need is a little inspiration to make changes that last from the inside out. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tips and inspirational interviews to help you on your journey. These are the steps to take to improve your life and live with purpose. This is Hopeful and Wholesome. Hey y'all, welcome back to Hopeful and Wholesome. Today I have on the show Emily Nichols and Emily is a the host of the Self Transform podcast and I was lucky enough to be on her podcast so you can go check out our interview together. But today on my podcast, we are talking all about changing behaviors, setting habits and really what self-care means. And I know we talk about this in the episode, but I know self-care can be like kind of a fluffy word and really kind of an annoying word these days. But Emily is a behavior change specialist and she really talks through what self-care really means, what it takes to actually curate a self-care routine for yourself and what it means to take a holistic approach to taking care of yourself. And it's really not what you think. Like she has so many tangible tips in this episode to really help you change how you see self-care and what it means to take care of yourself. So I'm excited to bring all this episode. Let's jump in. All right, y'all, let's get going. I am here with Emily Nichols today. And Emily has a lot of, she has a lot of jobs to her name. She's a wife and she's a mom, but she's also a certified personal trainer and a behavior change specialist and a bunch of other things that we'll talk about. But I'm so glad you're here with me today. Emily, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Hope. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Me too. So I kind of want to start with one of the credentials that you have as a behavior change specialist. This is super intriguing to me. So can you tell the listeners kind of what that is and then what you do? Sure, sure. So a behavior change specialist, I like to say, is someone who just geeks out on habits, (laughs) which is what I do. So Pretty much what that is, is I have dug deep into the science as far as habits work, but also how to create new habits and have a strategy behind it. Because when it comes to when we're trying to establish new healthy habits, right? I feel like a lot of us all know like, okay, we know we should move our bodies and fuel our bodies to feel good about ourselves from the inside out. We know that, but it's a matter of actually putting that into practice. And I work with a lot of busy working moms and we have the best of intentions, but life kind of gets in the way. So pretty much what I do is help women transform the way they see their schedules and really think about having some strategy around incorporating some healthy habits in their life that doesn't feel hard and that it doesn't feel like just another thing on your to-do list, right? right? When we're starting something new, it feels hard. So we have some strategies in place. So it becomes not just a habit, it becomes a lifestyle over time. So unconscious behavior, that way it doesn't feel as hard anymore. And you're able to adapt as the roller coaster of life will happen because it will happen. Mm -hmm. You'll lose motivation. 
And that way you don't feel defeated. You don't feel like you're always starting and stopping. You feel like you're just living your life and adapting as necessary because you have these habit strategies in place. Yeah. I think that's the hardest part is it's like, because life, I mean, life does get crazy and takes us out of our, you know, our routine, whatever. So how do you create, because I think that's my, I'm actually doing a little something similar to this. I'm not building habits and stuff in my Facebook group this month. And that's the hardest part for part for people. So it's like, like you said, like we know what to do. Like we know right. we should prepare our meals and be prepared. You know, we know we should do all those things. But how do we? Because it's really not about. It's just making the time, right? Nobody has mm-hmm. the time. You just have to make the time. So mm-hmm. how do you help these like busy working moms, especially because that's mostly who I come across too, make the time? Like how do you put that time into your schedule? Sure, that's a really great question. Yeah. That's one of the number one challenges I hear from everyone coming into my community. It's always like, where's the time? And if they do take the time, they feel guilty too, mm-hmm. which is a whole other issue yes. we could talk yes. about for sure. But I love how you said trying to make time because I hear a lot of women say, I just can't find the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, you're not going to find it. Exactly. You're just not. You're not. You have to be intentional and make that time. So kind of think of it in this way, Hope. I have a three-step habit strategy to make it super easy. And I do this in a really funny way to make you remember it, okay? So we think of a habit loop. So when we are starting a new habit, there needs to be some type of cue or trigger that, okay, it is time to start this new habit. A lot of times we will stack it on top of a routine that we're already doing unconsciously. That way it makes it a little easier. And at the end, you have a reward or that feeling of satisfaction that you did it. And the more consistently you do that, you have these small wins that add up over time to a massive transformation, okay? So it starts off really easy. Usually the first step I would suggest is doing a habit inventory or like a diary of your day, like taking a piece of paper out and writing down every single thing you do in the day, big or small, going to the bathroom, brushing your teeth, scrolling social media, you know, letting your dog outside, taking your kid out to the bus stop, write down every single thing that you do. And then evaluate that. I guarantee you're going to find some time wasters Mm -hmm. that are happening. And if you added all that up, you're like, wow, I just am able to make more time if I take out some of these time wasters and be a little intentional with it. And then from there, you can think about, okay, what are these new healthy habits I want to incorporate? And I always do, like I said, this is a funny example. So we talked about a trigger. We talked about the actual routine and the rewards. So Say you're drinking a lot of water throughout the day. You're staying hydrated instead of drinking coffee all day, which I have to be intentional about that as well, just because I love coffee. But so that means you got to go potty a lot. You have to go to the bathroom a lot. So your trigger is, oh, I'm drinking a lot of water. It's time to go to the bathroom. Okay, you go to the bathroom, you wash your hands. Here's a new habit you can stack on it. Do 10 squats after you wash your hands. I like it. So, and then after, you know, say you go to the bathroom 10 times a day, if you're staying super hydrated, oh my goodness, that's a hundred squats you just did spread out throughout the day in these small little pockets of time that took like less than 30 seconds, right? Versus like, if you're saying, I'm going to stand stand here and do a hundred squats, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. So in in the self-transformed community, we always go hashtag P squats because we are like, okay, over time, you know, our booties are going to be lifted. We're going to feel good. And over time, it's just something that comes natural. So I know that's a silly example, but it's a really great way for your mind to think about, okay, do a habit inventory, see some of these behaviors that I'm doing already that are easy 
And what can I stack on top of that? So you can even take it a step further, you know? So if you're making dinner every night, it's like, okay, I'm going to stack, you know, listening to a podcast while I'm making dinner, or I'm going to stack putting in an extra pan of veggies to roast. That way I have some extra food over the next couple Mm -hmm. of days. Like I said, over time, it's not necessarily multitasking because we have so many tabs open in our brain Mm -hmm. anyways. We don't need to be doing a bunch of things at once. It's just having a strategy to make it easy because it takes brain power to start something new. But if you're doing it with something you're unconsciously already doing, that will become an unconscious behavior. And that's where the transformation happens. Well, I love that because I think that's the other thing too, is people are like, I cannot possibly think about doing anything else in my day. Mm -hmm. Like I have zero brain power left to add anything else, but I love that. And I love that you use the example of the squats because I I hear that a lot from, from the women I talk to where it's like, you know, they, they talk about, well, I don't have the time of the day to work out. I don't have time to set an hour a day to work out, but you don't have to set aside an hour a day. And like you're saying, you just did 10 squats, 10 times a day. That's a hundred squats. So it's not like you have to sit there and do a hundred all at once, like breaking it up like that. And you could do that with anything with pushups exactly. or jumping lunges or whatever. So, but I love, I love that example with the workouts because you really don't have to take an hour a day to get in your workout. Like you could easily incorporate things like that. And like they're talking about stacking the habits, it's uh, stacking it with something already doing like going to the bathroom. Like that's, that's perfect. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I love that. So I want to back up though, cause I do, you mentioned this and I wanted to talk about this too. It's funny because I just saw this conversation on this Instagram page I follow about this, about the mom guilt thing. Mm -hmm. And I know we could like talk for hours about this as both of us have kids, but that's something I think that pops up a lot for women is it's like, you're trying to be healthy and all, you know, whatever, do all that, the habits, but you have all these other little humans that you have to take care of. And then you feel guilty for taking care of yourself instead of taking, you know what I mean? So how do you help? women or what, I guess, what are some suggestions that you have? How do you help women deal with overcoming that and still being able to stick to the healthy habits? Sure. And this has been a journey for me. My boys are 13 and 10 and mom guilt still creeps in no matter what I do, but it's not as strong anymore. And that's because I've changed my mindset around that guilt because I know when I'm taking care of myself and I'm feeling my best from the inside out, they see the benefits of it, of having a more patient mom, a more intentional and just there for them mom versus checked out and thinking of all the things I have to do on my to-do list. But something I like to mention to my clients is like, okay, you're feeling guilty, you know, going back to the workout example. So, oh, you're feeling guilty because you took 30 minutes to ride your Peloton or you're watching a Pilates video online and you're doing that. Number one, that's great for your kids to see you moving like that. Oh my goodness. Like I said, my boys, uh, having a teenager is a whole different story, but he knows the importance of moving his body and taking care of himself. And so does my younger son. But also I would really strongly suggest if you are having these feelings, communicate about it and just don't hold it in. So number one, I would communicate about it with your family. Talk to your kids and your partner and be like, hey, here's why I need to do you know, go for a walk by myself for 30 minutes. Here's why I just want to read a book for 30 minutes by myself uninterrupted. And, you know, letting them know, hey, this is a big part of my self-care. It's helping me pour into you versus, you know, you guys getting barely any drops from my picture. You're getting the big overflow versus anything left, okay? But from there, say also, does it make you mad or sad when mom is taking time for herself? 99 times out of 100, they're going to be like, 
No, no. Like, I don't care yeah. what you're doing. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. My husband will be like, no, like sometimes he's Please. like, you need to go, like, go for a walk <laughs> right. or something, right? Because right. he knows. And so and that really puts it in perspective for you. It's like, okay, you feel guilty, guilty because you care because yeah. you are a good mom. You yeah. feel guilty. But if you get that actual data back from your family, you're going to be like, why am I being so hard on myself? Exactly. But also number two, communicating that with the women around you. You know, we crave connection and community with other females in our life. So your friends, even like your mom or sister, let them know like, hey, sometimes I feel guilty for doing this. And they're probably going to be like, oh my goodness, I do too. Mm -hmm. Why do we feel that way? Or, you know, the way you would support a friend if they're like, I feel really guilty. You would probably be like, don't feel guilty, girl. You got to take care of yourself. (laughs) So it's, it's just giving yourself a little couple of cues, like communicate, like just don't keep it bottled in. And over time, that just changes your mindset. Like I'm not saying it's going to completely go away because it always creeps in. Or sometimes if I have a girl's night plan and my youngest is like, oh, mom, mm-hmm. why are you leaving? And I'm like, oh, I feel bad. But then once I'm gone, I'm like, he doesn't care that I'm gone. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, it's getting like actual data from yeah. people. And then that over time will shift that in your mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, I think like you made a really good point. It's taking care of yourself. I had this conversation a couple weeks ago with a girl. We were talking about having daughters but I think it's, you want to set that example for your kids. You want to see them taking care of yourself. You want to see them doing, you know, things that keep you healthy. And you don't want, like you're saying, you don't want your kids to, to have, you know, when they're looking back and when, oh, and I was little, I remember my mom always running ragged and looking like she was disheveled, you know, 24 hours a day. Like you don't want that. You want them to understand the value of taking care of yourself and that that is valuable. Yeah. We even give the boys, you know, like they're at the point now where they have, we don't call it a chore list. We call it their habit list. Oh, I like it. And they do get an allowance for it. And it's sometimes it's all or nothing. Like you have to do this for 30 days or you get nothing for this particular habit. And for us, it's just important like, hey, we're helping them establish these habits. We're giving them that roots or that reward, which for them, it's monetary. Or sometimes for them, it's also, you know, my teenager, you know, he works out five days a week. He goes to the gym with my husband or he just does some movements that I created for him here at home. And it's all or nothing. It's like, if you're not doing it five days a week, you're not getting the allowance for the month. And for him, he's very motivated because yeah. he's got so many things saved on our Amazon wish list. Nike.com and all those things. <laughs> but, you know, it's a way for them. So over time, you know, when they go off to college, when they go off to be adults, they're like, I know it is important for self-care exactly. to take care of myself because they're going to have their own stressors in life yeah. too. Yeah. I love that to motivate them to keep moving and work out. I love that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. What yeah. great habits to build so young. Well, then they understand how their body feels when they're doing it. And they realize like, oh, this is what it's like to feel healthy. So then they recognize, because that's the other problem too, mm-hmm. is a lot of women don't really know what it feels like to feel good because they haven't felt good in so long. They're like, oh, well, this right. is just how it is. And so it's like, once you realize what it feels like to feel good, that's like, the ultimate motivator. Like, well, I don't want to feel crappy anymore. Like I've been feeling this is, this is amazing. Yeah. It's like a total snowball effect. Because then from there you're like, what else can I do to feel good? Exactly. What else can I do? You're looking for all kinds of feel good fixes. Yep. Yep. Good ones. Yeah, exactly. I think that's it. Well, I think it's also a challenge. We we get in that like martyrdom, like hat, like routine, right? Where we just want to play martyr. Like, well, no, I have to do this for them and I have to do this. But it's like you said, like most of the time, they're not, they don't care. Like they're not going to notice if you're going to go do a quick workout or you're going to go for a walk or you're going to go get your nails done or whatever it is for your Mm -hmm. self-care. Like nobody's going to care. It's not like you're leaving your family for a week to go take care of yourself. You know, it's, 
the little things that you can do during the day, nobody, it's, it's not, it's really not going to be anything that's super noticeable. Your family is going to be like, I can't function without you. We get in that routine of just being like playing martyr. We're like, I have to be here and have to do, you know, I think that's the cycle that it's hard to get out of sometimes. Yeah. And even if you're struggling with that, I mean, you can use the habit loop we just talked about to make sure you are spending intentional time with each of your kids to make sure, you know, we just did a workshop in our Facebook community at the beginning of February, we're doing a lot of love themes and they wanted to talk about how to make more time with your partner because Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, you're so focused on your kids and your partner's over here. Like, I am still here. (laughs) When they're gone, it's just going to be. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so setting intentional time and thinking about what would make them feel really special, even if it's just 15 minutes of your time, like that makes such a big difference. So using those habit cues, like we just talked about to be more intentional with those times with your, your family, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Well, it's just like you're saying, it's just being intentional about it. Intentional where you're spending your time, who you're spending it with. And yeah, I think that's key. So I want to ask you a little bit about, so, you know, I'm all about holistic nutrition and all that holistic nutrition is, and you talk a lot about taking like a holistic approach to taking Mm -hmm. care of yourself. So can you explain like what that means to you, taking a holistic approach to self-care? Yeah. So it kind of makes me think back to back in 2015. So that's kind of like where like my own transformation story started when I was feeling like crap all the time. And I finally was like, there's got to be a better way. So like I was busy climbing the corporate ladder is, you know, raising my kids and trying to like have like these fantastic dinners on the table and like giving them all the best experiences ever. And my husband was at a point where he was working like swing shifts. So he would work nights, he would work days, he would work weekends, he would work second shifts. So his sleep suffered for probably about 18 months until his schedule shifted to a regular schedule. But over that time, our house felt very tense because I'm sure, you know, if you don't get a lot of sleep that affects you mentally and physically, my husband gained 50 pounds over that time as well. And we were just at a point where we were like, oh my gosh, something has to change. Mm -hmm. So he brought forth to me doing the whole 30. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, no, I'm not doing that because I dealt with stress really with sugar. I dealt with it with alcohol or like excessive online shopping. Like I figured out actually during the whole 30, that's how I was dealing with stress. Cause I was able to evaluate my habits and relationship around food. But from there, I was also like, oh, I'm emotional eating because I'm stressed out about this at work, or I'm trying to be the best mom ever. And over that time, what I realized was like, oh my gosh, we did it together. We finished it. And that empowerment of actually just finishing something had a snowball effect. So from there, I was like, we feel better. I'm going to start moving my body more. Like my husband was a runner his whole life. He stopped running because it hurt because he gained weight and he just ached everywhere. And wow. since then he's lost more than 50 pounds. Wow. Like he's a Boston marathon qualified runner. Oh, like he's awesome. doing like these like 30 hour adventure races. Oh, like he's God. like in the best shape of his life and living his best life. Awesome. Um, like you said, again, I'm a personal trainer. I coach at orange theory. Now I do my own workouts for my girls doing my programs. And from there I was like, okay, I'm moving my body. What can I do for my mind? So I started listening to podcasts. I was listening to personal development, reading books, even like my friend group changed. And what I realized over time, Hope, I was like, oh my goodness, I just created like a self-care routine. And when you say holistic, for me, it comes in three in three stages. So it's really thinking about fueling your body with foods that help you feel your best, not restricting your whole life. That way you're able to enjoy like a margarita or cookies that taste good and feel good to you. 
And then from there, you know, joyful movement, whatever that looks like for you. Cause I feel like that has multiple benefits in itself, not just physical, it's mental, emotional, sometimes spiritual too. And then finally, you know, your mindset, what can you do, you know, focusing on gratitude, prayer, looking out for others, having a community. And over time, that's what it was for me. It was movement. It was fuel for my body and it was mindset. And then from there, I dug deeper into the habit strategies because I was like, okay, now I got this self-care routine. How is that going to work? So for me, that's what holistic self-care looks like. You know, I think self-care kind of gets a bad rap because mm-hmm. if you look it up, like hashtag self-care on, on Instagram, it's all like bubble baths. It's all and, like, fluffy and yeah. Coffee. Yeah. I mean, that stuff's great. Like, <laughs> sure. But I feel like it's actually a lot harder. It's not just the fluff. It's the harder stuff you do every day showing up to take care of yourself. And, you know, having a holistic view to self-care, having a few, don't putting all your, all your self-care eggs in one category or one basket, because what if you break your ankle and get injured and you can't work out the way you wanted to. And that was your main form of self-care. It's like, okay, well, I still have fuel. I still have this personal development and mindset work. That way you're always on this continuous loop of taking care of yourself and having various ways to do that. That's what holistic for me looks like though, as far as self-care goes. Yeah. That's such a good point. I love that too, about not putting all your eggs in one basket and having the one, like Mm -hmm. having multiple ways. That's such a good tip. Totally. Yeah. I love that. So for, I like to give like kind of some tangible takeaways and stuff for people. So if you could give like, I don't know, three to five things that people can do, like start doing now to Mm -hmm. start to kind of create a self-care routine and something that's not going to take, like they're having to dedicate hours a day to it, right? We're talking simple. So there's Mm -hmm. three to five things that people can do, just kind of start a self-care routine for themselves. What would those be? Okay. This is a perfect question because in my program, we do something called the daily five. Well, we started calling it, the, the girls started calling it the fab five. So we call it the fab five. <laughs> it's based off of habit strategy. Again, there's something called keystone habits. So there's small things that you can do every day that influence other healthy behaviors in your life. So like if you're eating healthy, that may influence you to move your body more, for example. So the daily five are small little micro habits that are things you are doing every day, no matter what. It's super simple. doesn't take a lot of time, but it influences a healthy lifestyle for you. So when I say that, I, the daily five starts with you know drinking enough water because a lot of times we might be hungry or sad or angry and really we're just dehydrated. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we're not drinking enough water. At least trying to strive for 10,000 steps a day just because we get stuck behind a laptop all day or a lot of times, or we're stuck sitting. So making sure you're getting up and moving, that just feels good for your body. AM and PM gratitude. I love the five minute gratitude journal. Like anyone can find it on Amazon because that's a great way to start your day and end your day as well. Quality sleep, obviously just from what I just shared with my husband's experience, we are big proponents of getting good quality sleep for recovery, for your mental health, your emotional health, everything. And just some type of joyful movement every day. It doesn't have to be like, going to like an orange theory class or a Pilates class, it could just be going outside and like playing with your kids and your dog, or it could just be going for a walk or, you know, dancing, doing a dance party during dinner time in your kitchen, just some type of way to move your body to feel good. These are just tiny, small little micro habits that again, over time influence your other choices and habits and routines in your life and just lead to a massive transformation. I love that. Those are perfect. And so, and so easy, like none of that is complicated. 
Yeah. Yeah. When the girls start my program, they always, we always start with the daily five or the fab five because we're like, okay, we're going to get some small wins. We're Mm going to feel confident. We're going to be able to look at me. I'm doing the daily five. And then over time, it's like, oh my gosh, this is just part of my routine. Yeah. Yeah. Inherently do it. It's great. Yeah. It's perfect. I love it. Those are great. I do have one more question I want to ask you that I like to finish with. But before I ask you that, where can people find you and learn more about working with you and learning more about, you know, behavior change and habits and all that? Totally. Well, you can find the Self-Transformed podcast on any of your favorite streaming services. And you can connect with me over on Instagram at emilynichols22. A lot of fun behind the scenes stuff happening over there. And a lot of dog and tacos. And kids <laughs> there too. I love it. I love it. That's perfect. Thank you. And I'll put links to that, of course, in the show notes. The last question I want to ask is one I like to ask everybody. What do you think is the most important thing you can do to live with purpose? You know, I feel like when you're living with purpose, you are being of service to others. It's not just about you. I know we just talked a lot about self-care and taking care of yourself. But when you do that, you are able to show up in service to others? What can you do to help others? What experiences and solutions have you found that you could pass along to somebody else that would make them feel lit up from the inside out? So always coming from a place of service. It doesn't mean you have to have a podcast or like a workout program for that matter. It could be like, hey, I found this really easy way to meal prep. I want to share it with others to be able to help them out too. So always coming from a place of service and making sure that you're incorporating that daily just because tell you the truth, it all comes back to you in the end. Yes. I love that. That's beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much, Emily, so much. This is so informative. I'm so excited for people to start implementing some of this stuff and for them to connect with you. So thank you so much for sharing all of this value for all of us talking about being of service. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, thanks, Hope. I appreciate being on your show. Thanks for listening to Hopeful and Wholesome, y'all. If you found value in this week's episode, please subscribe on iTunes wherever you get your podcast and leave a review to let me know what you thought. I'd love to know what you find useful in these episodes so I know how I can provide the most value I can to my listeners. And if you have topics that you want to know more about, I'd love to hear those as well. So shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It's at the Hope Pedraza or visit my website, hopefulandwholesome.com. Thanks, y'all.